right? Exactly. Hi, good evening. Today is June 23rd, 2021, and we are studying the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We are on a chapter, it's, what chapter is it? Chapter six, Into Action. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're studying step 10. And tonight our speaker is Nancy P. And we're so glad that she's with us. So thank you, Nancy, for joining us. Over to you. Thank you so much. Um, let me just start my own timer here. Okay, so yeah, I'm Nancy P. And I will give you a two minute um, synopsis of my life, which, was, which is that I have been in Overeaters Anonymous since 1971. I was 11 and I can say that my, the reason that I was only 11 is because when Bernice S flew to move to Boston or to the, to the East Coast from LA, she put an ad in the Framingham Middlesex News with the notice, you know, if you can't stop eating, call this number. My mother answered that ad. And OA in 1966, OA was, I think maybe in California, maybe either Nevada or Arizona, something like that but it was unknown on the East Coast. So my mother and Bernice, you know, I was sort of, I was six, but I remember thinking, no one's gonna come to this thing. Like they're gonna, well, we're gonna get more people. And, you know, it started, it was like um, condensation. Like there was a drip here and a drip there and all of a sudden it was pouring rain. And um, so it just goes to show you that it doesn't, you know, you can't weigh and measure your way out of this problem. You can't, go to a lot of meetings, you cannot do it topically. I mean, I had, my pedigree is platinum and it did not help me one bit. Um, and, you know, so I've been a compulsive overreader basically probably starting in about the first grade is when I remember sort of thinking about food and, and um, you know, wanting extra food. And, you know, so fast forward, I mean, I, you know, I, in that, from between 1971 and 2017, when I recovered, I had fat years and thin weeks. Like I, you know, I'd be like, Bill, this has got to stop. My wife saw I meant business and so I did. Shortly after I came home drunk, where was, where had been my resolve? There had been no fight. I mean, I just didn't, I kept going on the same hamster wheel and I'd get disgusted with myself and I'd say, you know, I'm gonna do what worked in the beginning, you know? Here are some of the methods we tried, and here are some of the methods that I tried. More meetings, fewer meetings, different meetings. Eat sugar, don't eat sugar. Weigh and measure, don't weigh and measure. Eat this, don't eat that. Eat that, don't eat this. You know, I love the swearing off forever, especially with and without the solemn oath, like that's gonna work. And, you know, I did, the only thing that I haven't done is surgery. I never had any surgical um, procedure done. But anything else that you can think of, I did. And, um, you know, I, I never stopped going to meetings, but my eating was just completely out of control all the time. Even when I was thin, I was, I had a little voice in my head that was always like, I'm just over here in the corner. I'm not hurting anybody, but if you want to come and visit me, I'm just by myself in case you wanted to know, because I'm here by myself over in the corner, not doing anything just so that, you know, in case you want to come and visit me because I'm all by myself in the corner that never stopped. I mean, I think about when the doctor says, you know, it, keep to when they're trying to help drunks they say it takes over our sleep even in our sleeping moments I feel like I dreamed that voice even then 
I never was free from it. And um, so, you know, the, what's the 10th step? The 10th step is um, one through nine, wash, rinse and repeat. And um, it begins this thought, you know, they will always materialize if we work for them. This thought, what is that thought? The promises from step nine brings us to step 10, which suggests, luckily, I mean, they never say except, well, they do actually say we relax and take it easy once. Other than that, they always say, there's a lot of work to be done and here's what it is. And they don't leave it up to, you know, Nancy P's slimy conniving manipulative mind to kind of do the work on her own because I will cut corners. And, you know, if I possibly can, I will. I'm almost sociopathic that way. I mean, I will try to find another way to do it alias the lurking notion. And, you know, I talk about surrender a lot because that's what sort of did it for me. And the reason I don't like to let go of things because if Nancy P tries to let go of things, there's often claw marks in it, or there's, it's wrecked, it's broken, it's bruised, it's torn, it's ripped, it's snagged, it's chipped, whatever it is, it doesn't resemble what I was trying to let go of. And the reason I like surrender, if you'll forgive the play on words, is because it's more aggressively passive. I don't want to get involved in anything where I have to control. And it and I'm still human. I still try to do that. I'll, you know, not all the time. I'm much better. But you know, I you know, I'm I don't know. My my daughter's going to go to the vineyard, Martha's Vineyard, with her friend, and we're going to drive her down to the ferry, and she's going to they're going to take their bikes. So my husband is trying to figure out how to get the two bikes into our car. And I'm like in there, you know, and I was like, Nancy, shut up and leave, you know, like just don't get involved in this conversation, you know, so it happens, you know, I do, it does happen, but I'm much better. So, you know, I get calls, 10th step calls. As a matter of fact, somebody texted me, can you take a 10th? And I said, not now after nine o'clock I can. And without fail, the 10th steps that I get, they go something like this. I resent my husband or my boss or my neighbor or my sister or my son or my daughter or something. I resent this because blah, blah, blah. And so they call me and they say, can I give you my 10th step? And I say, yeah. So they go through that and then they say it affects my, you know, whatever that affects usually self-esteem fear and then pocketbook or something like that, you know? And, um, and they say, so then they say, please God remove this. Like what it says, we ask God at once to remove them. And then they say, I don't feel better. What do I do? And I say, I always say the same thing because they always, without fail, it is, it is that. And this is the, my favorite part of step 10. I always say, I knit and I got the last five stitches on the row, which is resolutely turn our attention to someone else we can help. And resolutely means with focus and determination. And um, the reason I love that is because in fact, that's kind of step 12-y, you know what I mean? Helping other people. And sort of, I know we're on step 10, but I got to tell you that for me, the first 11 steps prepare me to work step 12 and step 12 allows me to work previous 11 steps. And um, so, you know, it talks about our next function is to grow. I'm going to jump around a little bit. Our next function, you know, once we do this, we're entered the world of the spirit. Okay, cue the Handel music. We're there. Um, so our next function is to grow in understanding and effectiveness. If we're going to grow in understanding, that means that we can, we're teachable. We're students. And if we're going to grow in effectiveness, it means we're teachers, that we can pass the message. What is that? Oh, step 12 again? Yes, it is. So this book is like, I always think of this, 
I always I use a lot of animal metaphors. And when alligators hunt, they kill something and they bury it under a rock under, underneath so that it will get bloated and, and easier to eat. And it tenderizes the meat. And this step, all these steps, I feel like I'm being tenderized so that I can work step 12 most effectively. Um, and then it says, um, and we have ceased fighting anything or anyone, even alcohol, and here are the promises, for, the, for by this time sanity will have returned. We will seldom be interested in liquor. If tempted, if means promise, consequence, or threat, we recoil from it as from a hot flame. And these are warnings, they're promises and they're warnings to keep me grounded in the work. I mean, I am as on fire today as I was when I first put down the food and started to recover, you know, get into the steps and started to my journey to recovery. We react sanely and normally. That's what it means to be recovered. You know, people call me up and they cry and they say, or, you know, whatever, not just, you know, people say, I did this and I, this happened and I did this. And I said, and I say to them, that sounds like a reasonable, sane and reasonable response to a terrible situation. Like, this is the thing, like we said, the serenity prayer, people think that this is a, they think a couple, you know, this is my experience, my own personal experience of what I hear from other people in the 10th step. People think that there's a silver bullet that if they do it right, that they won't actually have to do it again. And this is again, why it's so important, starting on the first page of the doctor's opinion and throughout the book in the first, you know, I don't wanna give the plot away, but the first sentence of working with others is that nothing works better. Nothing ensures immunity. I do have a secret addiction. It's buying insurance. Like when I get my AAA renewal, I'll say, you can get $250,000 of insurance for only $50. And I'll say to my husband, I think we should get this. I think it's 50 bucks. You know, I think we could get this more insurance. And he's like, no, Nancy, we're not getting any more insurance. Our home is insured. The stuff in it is insured. Our cars are insured. Our lives are insured. Our children's lives are insured. We even have long-term critical care insurance in case one of us has a heart attack or stroke. I mean, we are insured up to our eyeballs. Yet Nancy loves insurance because it makes me feel safe. And what is insurance? It's, it's um, like a guardrail against something catastrophic. And, to, and then immunity is so that you won't get something. So to ensure to guardrail against something catastrophic so that you never get it, sign me up, I'm so on it. So ten, the 10th step, you know, like I wanna react sanely and normally, but I, the, I started to say like the 10th step prepares me, it's like we're getting closer and closer to the 12th step. And, and what I want is to be able to help other people. And what I also wanna be able to do is recognize that stuff happens in my life, like crappy, yucky stuff happens in my life. And what I want to do is I want to react sanely and normally, but what the 10th step shows me is that my feelings do not own me. They do not dictate how I act or react. It's separate. And those two things are separate, but the one thing that is fused together finally is that I absolutely know that I'm a compulsive overreader and that my life is unmanageable. And I also now believe it because I, the lurking notion, I always thought, well, you know, I'd go to a party and I wouldn't eat compulsively or I wouldn't sneak in the bathroom with it, you know, whatever. I wouldn't like be sneaky, sneaky, lie, 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 sneak, sneak, sneak. And I'd be like, oh, like Fred, I, I thought I'm making too much of a, pro you know, too hard of, of a deal about this problem. 
I get this licked, you know, I would think that, you know, and I, so I didn't really believe that I was a compulsive overeater. And it says, you know, to have a fellowship grow up around, around, among you, around you, we know you will not want to miss it. I used to think, speak for yourself. I'm not interested in getting to know anybody. Just make me thin and serene. I promise I'll do all that other stuff. Just make me thin and serene. And so today when stuff happens, which it does every day, you know, people, I myself be like, you know, I react sanely and normally because it's sane and no, it's sane and normal. If something bad happens, it's, it's reasonable to be upset about it. You cannot, the same way that I could buy a railroad car and fill it with pre-measured food for, for a year with a million Tupperware things in it for all, every bite that I was ever going to eat. And it will not help me. It will not help me. And, and to, to think that I'm not going to, um, to have things that happen and that I, that I shouldn't be, um, you know, upset about something is not reasonable. That's like trying to close a valve. Eventually it's just going to blow and, you know, like the pressure builds up and it goes into the red zone. Um, and I can say today that because I work on this every single day, and in fact, I would say every breath I take, every breath I take is one of gratitude and searching. I have a very sensitive, please forgive the expression, bullshit detector. So if anything like sort of tickles, like a, if you, I get cold sores every once in a while and before they um, show, they, I can tell that I'm gonna get one and it's this ugly feeling and I'm like, uh-oh. If that happens in my life, with my life, I immediately am on this stuff, you know, immediately. And I'll tell you, somebody called me in program and said, um, I heard you on the phone this morning or the other, whatever it was. And I thought, oh, someone's going to take, oh, and it's so good to hear you because I get a lot of that, which is, you know, kind of strokes my ego. And I thought, oh, you know, yes, this is Nancy P. And she said, well, you said this and it was really offensive. And I was like, what? You know, and I was like, I actually said these words. I said, I can't believe that you called me up to tell me that. And she goes, well, I, I, I guess I shouldn't have called you. And she hung up and I was so upset. I immediately called a bunch of people and it was later at night. So I couldn't get through. And so I called somebody on the West coast who I knew would be up, whose recovery is excellent. And I respect her recovery. And I said, this is what happened. What do you think? She goes, she's full of it. You don't need to worry about that. But um, I knew that there was like this, you know, this detector was like, ah, ah, ah. so I called a friend um, who is in the group that would be, could possibly be offended. She's actually my walking buddy in the morning. She's my friend, my very good friend. And um, I, we walked this morning, we walk in our own neighborhoods, but we have our headsets on and we'd yak the whole time. And so I said, um, what do you think about this? And I told her what happened and she said, um, it's borderline. And she said, it depends, you know, she, she said, it could be offensive. And I was like, thank you for telling me. And I, as soon as I, it was like, that was at 5.30 in the morning. So I, I tried to call the woman at six or 6.30 when I got home and it went to voicemail. But as soon as I could, I called her up and I said, hi, it's Nancy P. That's all I said. And she said, oh, oh, hi. And I said, I got to tell you that I owe you an amend and I was wrong and here's why. And I called, you know, one person gave me a pass and then, but it didn't, it didn't put the nail in the coffin. I mean, this is like, I didn't waste any time. I did it as soon as I could. And, um, and then after that, I spent, you know, 
I was actually in the car when I did that. And I know it's bad, but I was, I have my newcomer list and I was dialing in the car to get to talk to people because when I do that, when I, you know, I spend, I always tell people to do it, spend the next 45 minutes on the phone, trying to help somebody else not talking about yourself. Um, and so what I got from all this, and it's probably time to wrap up in a minute. Um, oh no, I have a few minutes. Um, so all this stuff is, this new attitude has been given to me without any thought or effort on my part. It's like, you know, someone says, um, <laughs> Susan might laugh at this, you know, that the, my mother used to say this, when are we gonna, you know, when are we gonna get to England? And she'd say, shut up and keep swimming. I mean, like, I don't have to focus on the goal because the journey itself is a destination. There is no goal. There is like Nancy P, I do not have a, a God in my life. What I have is I'm not really interested in what it is. All I know is it works. Same as my GPS in my car. I don't care how it works. All I want to know is I punch in the address and press go and I'm and I'm I can trust that I'm gonna get there. And you know, this is the thing. You know, I'm not a prisoner. My feelings don't own me anymore. I don't it's separate and, and I'm, as I said, I'm fused together. My belief and my knowledge are one now. Um, and I don't, I never think about food ever. I bake, I cook, I travel. I've been to Europe three times. My husband's, he's from England, fake Europe, but sort of Europe, Europey. And, um, you know, we've traveled there. I've been to Paris and Rome, no problem at all. Um, I don't fight it and I don't avoid temptation. It just, I never thought that was going to happen for me. I never in a billion years. And I don't, I mean, I do, I do stuff every day. I do something. I do a lot every day. I sponsor, I take phone calls, I make outreach calls. I go to meetings. I speak at meetings when asked. I do whatever I can do. And I get every single thing that it says in this book, in this next chapter about these promises, the 10 step promises. The problem has been removed. It does not exist for me. The food problem has been removed. The eating problem has been removed. All the rest of my problems, like a, my life is a popular nightclub. One will get solved and the boxer says, okay, you next five, you can go in, there's room now. I mean, you know, that's what my life is like that, but my nothing owns me. That's why I like, I think of myself as, you know, my surrender, my, my knowledge of powerlessness. I feel yeah. like a riverbed. Okay, I'll, I'll wrap up. Um, you know, I'm a riverbed and sometimes rivers are cool and refreshing and the water is good to drink. And other times there's noxious chemicals in it from wherever they come from. And other times there's old boots and styrofoam and cigarette butts and roof tiles and matchbooks and whatever else there are that people put in there. And other times there's branches and leaves and grass and logs and rivers need that last stuff to clean themselves. They need it to stay fresh and to, to be clean. And um, I've gotten all of that every single thing and this is that has been my experience i mean i have probably 500 pounds of chocolate downstairs i buy my chocolate chips in 10 kilogram bags i might as well be buying laundry detergent i never thought that would happen ever 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 but if you do this work every single thing immediately and as hard as you can in the order that it says you will get what it promises because why would everybody else who does that get better and not, you know, or why not me? You know, why wouldn't I have? And the answer was I didn't get better until I did it the way that it says. I'm not cured. 
but I'm still a compulsive overeater, but I don't suffer from it anymore. I mean, I have cold, I have the virus that causes cold sores and I don't suffer from them either. Um, so yeah, I'm not owned by my feelings and I don't, you know, I make amends quickly. I do the things that I have to do. I, it's painless, just what it says. Everything came true um, for me. And um, in the highest suit in spades, I don't, I'm not like, I, I maintain my spiritual condition every day um, without question. And it's a joy to do it, including my problems. They're a joy because I know that I'm, they flow over me. I'm the riverbed. My life flows over me. So um, I think I guess I'll pass with that. So thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Nancy. Okay. We will now open the meeting for questions or for three minute shares, as this is a big book study, sharing and questions should relate specifically to the chapter in step being studied this week, uh, which if you came on late chapter six, we're in step 10. We ask you to accept this guideline in order to keep the meeting on track. If you'd like to share or ask a question, please raise your virtual hand, which is under reactions, or star nine if you're on the phone, and the Zoom host will call on the raised hands in order. Uh, Stacy, if you can, set a timer for three minutes for each share and announce when the time is up. All right, we'll open the floor. Hey, Susan, start us off, please. Thank you. Hi, Susan, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Nancy, thank you so, so much. And I love all of your analogies. I took down a page of notes here. I love wash, rinse, and repeat. And, you know, it's everything you said, you know, it was so much harder managing and controlling my 250-pound body. That was hard. That was really, really hard let alone the 250 pound head that went with it. And when you said as well, my feelings don't own me. I feel that way as well today. I have neutrality. Doesn't mean I never get agitated. No, absolutely, it doesn't mean that. But it means I have this conscious contact with the God of my understanding that I know that those feelings aren't facts. And when you're in the center of the herd, which we constantly talk about, you have those people to go to, as you spoke about when you gave your comparison of what just happened. And I know this isn't in step 10, but it says on page 25, if you are as seriously alcoholic as we were, so now the problem is we're walking towards having the problem removed, right? We believe there is no middle of the road solution. And that's why I heard in your share tonight, there's no middle of the road solution. And I love the way that you talked about the promise, but also the consequence and the threat. If I don't do this right, if I rest on my laurels, um, and it's very easy to become complacent here to think, oh, I have this year, I have five years, I have 10 years. Oh, wow. In two months, I'll have 22 years. But I have this 22 years because I do the work and I do the work 24 hours a day, every minute, every single second. Spiritual progress, not perfection. I don't live on any mountaintop. You know, I do the work. I'm in the center. I've had that leveling of pride. And do I always enjoy it? No, I absolutely don't. 
but to be able to react sanely and normally to situations, even earthquakes when you're reading, even if your heart is a little pounding, you just go ahead and you do it. And I mean, to have seen all your faces was just fantastic. Um, but you were here with me. Um, and it says that if I let up on the spiritual program of action, right, it's a program of action where I make a decision, not just on a Sunday night, which I forget by Monday morning, I have this daily reprieve. And again, it reminds me, there's a reminder that it's contingent. So I've never ever cured, right? That spiritual bankruptcy that talks about in the AA 12 and 12, it's right there, right? That juggernaut of self-will that it talks about. And, you know, I just loved, and I'll wrap with this, how you talked about the riverbed and how life flows over me. It was just beautiful. So thank you so much. And thank you for letting me share. All right, I'm muted. Sorry. Uh, next up, we have Amy, followed by Chris. Go ahead, Amy. Thank you, Wendy, and thank you, Emily, Team Wednesday. Appreciate your service and everyone doing service on this meeting. And thank you so much, Nancy P, for that wonderful lead on Step 10. Um, I was thinking about what you said about the the logs and the things that come through to clear out the riverbed and how we need them and how you have gratitude for your problems. And maybe I'm paraphrasing a little bit because it clears out the riverbed. And it says um, in this chapter on page 85 um, at the end of the promises that um, it's how we react so long as we keep in fit spiritual condition and the idea that like to stay in fit condition with regards to something in order to stay fit we have to like sort of continue to up our game in increments or else it gets too easy so like those disturbances basically I'm I'm prefacing into a question which is to say like can you speak a little bit to um I guess the, the, the growth that comes from being a human being and recognizing it and working this program on it, remaining in the, doing the work of remaining in fit spiritual condition. I hope that makes sense. Thank you. So, um, yeah, it's funny that you say that because it's sort of like, um, you know, if I were to run, which I'd rather eat glass and drink blood, but if I, if I were to run for exercise, um, I could start the first day running one mile and then maybe two miles or whatever, you know, progress. But eventually I'll either have a heart attack or I'll be running 24 hours a day and it just won't fly. This, um, this program doesn't have that. It doesn't have a limit. So there's, like I said, my every breath I take, Take is one of gratitude and of searching. Um, and, you know, I, I said, I actually said these words, um, you know, I'm, I'm open, this is about God, and um, I'm open to change. But I don't really, like, I'll stretch, but I'm not gonna throw my back out, you know, like, my program, my, my spiritual, um, mechanical, the mechanics of my spiritual life work fine. 
So I don't need to search for that. But what I do need to do is I study this book and I have, I've started keeping a, um, a Google doc on, you know, in my hard drive because I can't write in my book anymore. It's too much notes, too many notes. So this is like, you know, this, I hate to make another analogy, this program, this, the way that you recover, you don't have any side effects um, from doing more and more and more. You can never, but at the same time, I personally do not believe, I am absolutely in agreement that, you know, what says some people can give their whole lives to this program. Few of us are situated such that we can do that, but we don't think its effectiveness would be increased if we did. I'm in that camp. Like I have a life of sane and happy usefulness. This program guarantees me a life of sane and happy usefulness. My days, I just retired last Thursday. And I was like, I called my sister-in-law and I said, I, I have news and I need some help. And she said, what's the news? And I said, I'm retiring whenever it was next week. And the, the, the help is that I need you to babysit me one day a week to help me adjust to retirement. Well, it turns out I don't need any help with that. You know, I'm like, my days are packed from 5.30 in the morning or 10 past five when I get up in the morning until 11 o'clock or 10 or 11 o'clock when I go to bed. I'm packed because this life, this program gives me this life. You know, I go to meetings almost every day. I speak to people for, you know, probably all told 90 minutes or two hours every single day. You know, I garden, my garden is a show place. I, you know, I, I, I've started a little side gig for a little pin money that's going gangbusters. I mean, my life is awesome. And so, you know, the serenity prayer, like pay attention. Courage to change the things I can does not mean the absence of fear. It means action in spite of it. And, and so I, I go through because I'm the riverbed. I know it's uncomfortable sometimes. It's, it sucks, but it's not gonna last. I'm finally, I'm a mammal, I can learn, right? I don't have to only operate on instinct like reptiles. I only, you know, I can learn. I finally learned 47 years later that I can, I'm gonna live no matter what and I can thrive, so. Time. <laughs> question and thank you Nancy for answer. Um, next we have Chris followed by Emily. Go ahead Chris. Hi I'm Chris uh, compulsive overeater. Um, Nancy thank you very much for your lead. Uh, that was that was awesome. I heard a lot of hope and a lot of recovery uh, which is what I need to hear. Um, I I do have a question but I just want to preface it and 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 you it's I think I know the answer but I don't know anything. Uh, I, I had uh, almost 18 months of abstinence, uh, and then I relapsed last week. Uh, I didn't take back my alcoholic foods, but I binged, and I was uh, dishonest. I, I did exactly what you talk about, rested on my laurels. Uh, everything became more important than the program. And um, I, I, I used to weigh over 500 pounds. This program gave me a gave me everything it promised, and I took it for granted, and then I just... Uh, kind of expected it to work for me without me working at all. And uh, I uh, reap what I sow in that regard. Um, I have taken sponsored direction. I'm doubling down. I'm doing, I'm taking service commitments as much as I can. Today, if I get through it, is day eight. Uh, I'm grateful. Like everyone in the program has been reaching out and been so supportive and helpful. And thank fucking God for that. Um, and I just want to like kind of call myself out. My, 
my question is, and I'm asking everybody this who has a lot of time or just has recovery that I like, is it, most of the relapse stories that I've heard or been given the experience of have been people who have gone out and regained all of their weight and then come back. I, I weighed in. I didn't gain any weight. I, I didn't leave because I do have hope and I don't want to lose what I got from this. Like, what is, if any, advice, if you have any, and if you don't, that's fine as well. What advice would you have, if any, for someone who, like, relapses, didn't really go anywhere, but, like, is clearly on shaky foundation here? And um, that's pretty much it. Just how do I – what do I do? And if it's just keep doing what the fuck you're doing, that's fine. What do I do to just not lose what I have and to stay in this program without leaving? Because I'm petrified and I'm scared and I can't go back to that life. I guess, I mean, I didn't, I haven't lost 500 pounds, but I've been, you know, miserably obese in my life and have lost, gained and lost that weight many times. Um, And the only thing that I can say is that, you know, people say, you know, for me, the magic word is surrender, 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 like whatever it is, it's, I'm the one that's the problem. It's not if, if, you know, if, I can't control anything else. I can't even control myself. I need somebody else to do that for me. And so, you know, how do I surrender? The question, I get this all the time. And I say, there's no, you know, I don't know how you can get to complete and total surrender. But if you're, I mean, good. I, if I were you, I would get on my knees and thank every God I've ever heard of that you're afraid. Because pain has no memory, but your fear, you know, my, I was desperate. I was desperate. I will do whatever I'm told. And like I said, I do as much today as I did, or I do more today because I'm recovered than I did in the beginning. But I did every single thing that I was told immediately and as hard as I could. And um, I don't, you know, this has been given to me without any thought or effort on my part. And it can, it will be that way for you. Why would I be special? I mean, if one of us was going to be, let's face it, totally would be me, but you know, I'm not special. And um you know, I say that to, that's my joke to all my sponsees and everybody like, you know, you're not special. You're not special. You're trying to, I mean, what I hear, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what you think, but what I hear is that you think somehow that you're different from the rest of us and you're not, you're the same as the rest of us. So that means that you have to do the same as the rest of us do. You know, if it were me, I would go through the doctor's opinion with someone either with your sponsor or somebody else. And, and I would pound that home because, you know, I, I took somebody through the doctor's opinion who wasn't my sponsee. And I said, you know, any questions or comments? And she said, I had no idea it could be read like this. That's what she said. I mean, you know, get a fresh perspective on it. That's what I would do. And, you know, and then work this program like your hair's on fire. To me, you know, it's not about the food. It's not about the food. It's not about the food. Like, I don't care because we're all addicted to different things. You know, like we're all, we all have different trigger things that we don't eat or do eat or whatever we eat. It's not about the food. It's not about the food. It's just about, you know, I can't treat it topically. If I have dry skin, I put cream on my skin. There's no way to put cream on my brain. You know, I have to do that. And to me, the most effective thing, and it says this all through the book, that there is, including abstinence, another word that I dislike, but there's nothing works better than constant um, contact with other compulsive overreader. Nothing. That means abstinence, meetings, you know, all, you know, abstinence only gets you, you get to take the game board out of the closet and set it up. You don't get to sit down and play. That's what the steps are for, you know, and the steps are like a magic key that make the, 
you know, the floor goes away, the walls turn around and it turns into, you know, it goes from a dungeon to a, an amusement park. So, you know, constant contact, that's what I would do. And go through the doctor's opinion again with someone. 